yeah, the, go ahead. Go ahead. Welcome to another episode of the Music Video Land podcast brought to you by your super good friends here at IMVDB, the Internet Music Video Database at IMVDB.com. My name is Adam Fairholm, and uh, with me as, uh, I think you have a track record of 100%, Doug, uh, is Doug Klinger from beautiful, glistening in New York City, New York. How are you doing, Doug? Super good, Adam. No jackhammers presently outside my window, so doing super good. How are you? Good. I heard that you know in in New York they have well, first of all, they have garbage on the street, which is all I always love. I love dodging piles of garbage, and then I also love they have roving gangs of jackhammers mm-hmm. just to kind of shake things up a little bit. You know, and it's not it's quick. not it's not men with jackhammers. It's just somehow <laughs> just jackhammers. There's no. No men with them. They just jackhammer along the road. Well, I have no good. I have absolutely no good transition into talking about our interview for this week because this well, week. Well, there there is a good transition because he's New York. He's New York based. Uh, that's right. Yeah. We today uh, this week on the podcast we have uh, Mr. Rick Cordero, which is really exciting. We've been on to talk to him for a while. Rick is the director of one of our f- favorite music videos of 2012, The Symbol by Action Bronson, which you should just stop everything and take a look at right now. Uh, love that music video. A really funny music video, as well as some other great music videos uh, for artists like The Roots, for Busta Rhymes, Snoop Dogg, um, Wale. I think that's how you say his name. <laughs> and uh, Brother Ali, which we, who we, is a previous guest on the podcast. He directed the video for Good Lord, which I don't think we got in, in, into... Um, uh, with uh, with Brother Ali, but it's a it's a really interesting video nonetheless. One of the in- other interesting parts of this interview is uh, Rick is the owner, operator, founder of 321 Media, which uh, has a YouTube channel, and it's a very popular YouTube channel. They have around uh, almost 65 million video views for the channel, and he has a, the a YouTube channel, and we get to hear talk a, little, a lot about YouTube in the uh, in the interview and. It, uh, people who are savvy internet viewers may have noticed something in the last week or so happen with YouTube, and that is a little bit of a, a redesign, refinement. Have you have you noticed this, Doug? I have noticed this, and I've also is that what you're called, internet viewer? I'm an internet viewer. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I thought it was a user, but that's fine. Viewer is cool too. We'll go with that. And now YouTube is, you know, they're. They've had roughly this, you know. They've had the same logo roughly. You know, they're, they're one of those uh, companies like, or sites like YouTube or uh, Google that they don't, you know, come up with something and then you don't recognize the site anymore. It's it's more incremental improvements. And you know, they've had a few different redesigns. You may remember the phase of YouTube where they had a lot of, you know, like the gray with the 
uh, you know, the, the noise instead of the flat colors. Anyway, so the, they came up with this, uh, you know, redesign last week, maybe a week and a half ago, and there's something really interesting about it because what they did, most of the, you know, reorganizing was done on the video page. And Doug, if you remember, think back two weeks ago when you visited a YouTube video. Where is the, subscri- where is the like, where do you see on the page, like, where the, who made the video and where it comes from? It would, um, would be pretty tiny, and it would be um, up at the top, kind of right-hand corner. That's right. And, you know, that is not really great screen real estate. Obviously, it's there, but it's not really up in front and center. And it's not a high, it's not a high, it's definitely one of the le- lesser things that they're highlighting. Exactly. And there was never any, in, in, you know, in, uh, indication readily available of, you know, how popular that channel was. Um, you know, there wasn't any number that you could just look at and kind of numerically kind of, you know, gauge it on a scale of its popularity. And now that's completely different. And uh, from the video page, you mean? On the video page, right. right. So right now, um, when you look at a video, you have the name of the video, and then right underneath it, you have a uh, little graphic, square graphic avatar of the account user channel that created that video, as well as a little subscribe button and, you know, one of those little things that come, you know, like a Twitter follow me button or like a Facebook like button where it has mm-hmm. the number next to it indicating how many people have subscribed. And, and they're so, also, I was going to say, they're also taking some of the accounts and um, they're trying to get you to tie it with your... Um, tie with your either your Google Plus account or associate it more with like they're essentially trying to make it a more social more of a social network than it already is or more clearly a social network it's not like they're adding any more functionality to the site they're just trying to highlight certain certain functionalities that are there right and so no so this is you know it may seem like a small change you know if if you don't really pay attention to you know what's going on underneath a video but i think this is really big for a few reasons number one as we mentioned before this was really wasn't anything that youtube visually was telling you to pay attention to before um there really wasn't a like a relationship between you're watching a video and oh by the way this video is coming from a certain entity if you're paying attention you could figure it out but now it's very clear like i'm looking at the um YouTube page for Rihanna's uh, Diamonds video, which is very popular right now. And right underneath it, it says, you know, very clearly this is coming from Rihanna's uh, um, Vivo account, Rihanna Vivo. And before, people used to have to, like, do things. They would, like, put those annotations in there or, like, you'd see in a video people, like, Oh, you know, right, right, like subscribe, like click here and subscribe. Up. Yeah, yeah, or, like the, yeah, like, the five seconds at the beginning or end of the video. They'll put like a little Chiron up there, just like subscribe to the page. Hey, for more cool videos like this and me scaring my girlfriend or whatever people <laughs> do on YouTube. Here's a quick question for you. And this is just pure speculation. Do you think they're because they're, they're really trying to like um, like, for example, my personal YouTube channel is something that I used like back in college when I used to make like silly, stupid web videos. And um, so I didn't want to change it to Doug Klinger, you know, associated with my Google Plus account. I wanted to keep it under the name that it already had. And uh, and um, YouTube made me tell them why I didn't want to change it. They were like, why don't you want to associate it? Is it one of these reasons? And one of them was like, this is a channel that's not really me. It's a, it's a personality or character or show. Um, so they are really trying to, like, get people to 
associated with their Google Plus. Now, it might be to push Google Plus. It might be to make YouTube a more, more, you know, highlight the fact that it's more of a social network. But one thing it could also be doing is taking some of the anonymity away from YouTube comments, so people aren't quite so shitty. It's part of why, yeah, YouTube comments are popularly known as kind of the cesspool of the internet. And they and most of the reason why is because it can be completely anonymous. So if it's your actual face there next to it, and that's pro- that's why um, you know Vimeo talks about you know the fact that they they encourage you to use your real name on Vimeo, and they think that that's it makes that community more supportive and and less trolly like that. And maybe this will maybe this will have it. Maybe it wasn't an intended effect, but an unintended unintended consequence of of them. Getting people to associate themselves with their YouTube accounts will be less people saying homophobic and, and hateful things in, <laughs> in their comments. Uh, now, one thing related to – well, let's bring it back to music videos a little bit because obviously this is site-wide. This isn't just for music videos. But I think that one of the interesting things that has repercussions in the music video industry is that uh, a lot of music videos are not released under a – specific you know artist account so a good example is fun uh funds music videos for their last album which won them many grant or many grammy nominations i should say uh, was released under uh fueled by ramen which is the you know youtube account for the record label so when you look at you know fun let me just pull it up uh fun some nights video on youtube you know, underneath it, it doesn't say, you know, fun, subscribe to fun on YouTube. It says subscribe to Fuel by Ramen. So, and this is something that is, you know, pretty common for music videos. Uh, a lot of them get released on Pitchfork TV or exclusively under, you know, their record labels, uh, a YouTube account. So, and, you know, before, like I mentioned, this didn't really matter that much. When you're watching the video, there wasn't really a, a specific call to action to interact with that entity in any way. So now when you're looking at, you know, the fun, uh, you know, music video for some nights on YouTube, your call to action is to interact directly with the uh, record label. So mm-hmm. it, it, it'd be interesting going forward to see if maybe some of that activity is going to taper off a little bit. Maybe bands are going to look at this and say, mm, we want that interaction piece to come directly to us on our YouTube account instead of funneling it through another entity. Yeah, or, or at least an, an entity that represents them specifically. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times for other reasons, you'll also see, you know, a band maybe will premiere on Pitchfork because Pitchfork has that built-in audience already. There's people who are subscribed to Pitchfork already on YouTube and get their updates every day, despite what band is getting up, uploaded to their account. The same with uh, maybe the record label or or um, something like the Creators Project or, or Mocha TV, something like that. You, you know, they have a built-in audience on their, on their own. And so um, music, music video, you know, record labels and stuff may want to premiere videos on them to kind of reach those built-in audiences. But I think from a band perspective... Um, uh, I think this could turn it, it could make a band it could make Vivo seem more appealing because I think Vivo can, will become the um for the most part the YouTube equivalent of their official source for their content and so um you know and I, and I think that up and coming bands kind of strive for a Vivo account to the point where you'll sometimes see fake Vivo accounts out there it'll be some random band who doesn't isn't 
isn't really associated <laughs> with Vivo, doesn't actually have a Vivo really? account. Yeah, and then they'll just put, you know, they'll just put, you know, Doug Klinger and the Rippers, Vivo, and and there we we were great for a while. Um, uh, so you know, just put that Vivo kind of there to make themselves seem like they're cooler or more important, or or uh, they have that that Vivo tie when they actually don't. So I think the the Vivo accounts could could possibly become the the new. You know, it will it, it, it enforce the fact that they're kind of the, the the standard bearer there for for YouTube music videos, despite the fact that their content uh, partnership with YouTube is has it's essentially expired already. But you know, they're the um, the you know the fiscal cliff of the YouTube Vivo talks does have a, a little bit of an extension there. So I think that we're we're okay for a little bit. But I, I think that that's gonna kind of reassert itself and, and become pretty yeah that's right the youtube uh, contract extension is 120 days so we have until about march uh until that takes effect um we'll talk about that probably in, a, in another episode but it's more extensively but yeah i mean you video music videos are never going to go away from youtube put it that way if <laughs> you know even even right now if a music video premieres let's say on not on youtube and it premieres let's say on on Rolling Stone or, or or Perez Hilton or something like that, somebody's going to take that video and put it on YouTube the second it shows up on a different website. And although there are means to get it pulled down and eventually it'll get pulled down, 10 other people are going to upload it first. Anyway, you're, you're never going to get music videos off of YouTube. So Viva would be silly to disassociate themselves. And, you know, I have to hand it to Vivo, whoever made the decision early on in Vivo's run to have individual artist accounts. Uh, it could have been just a numbers thing because Vivo has something like 50,000, 60,000 music videos. But they could have just made a Vivo content channel and just dumped everything on there. Uh, but they didn't. They made individual accounts, which I'm sure was much more of a logistical challenge than just having one account. Or maybe you know who knows? Maybe it was easier. I'm not. Uh, don't pretend to know how YouTube works under the hood. But it's uh, you know when when YouTube moves like this, you know the the Vivo accounts are able to move with it. It's it doesn't break anything really. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. So um... well, I, actually, I, I wanted to bring up one more other small change that I thought was fun. It's not music video related, but hey, why not? It All right, is... hit us, hit it, hit it, hit us with it. So. You know the likes and dislikes system. Unlike you, Facebook, where you can only like things on YouTube, you can like and dislike them, which leads to you know some hilarious numbers, such as uh, you know Rebecca Black Friday or our video like that, uh, where there's a, a you know ten percent likes and ninety percent dislikes. And it used to be it was represented by a red line for dislikes and a green line for likes. And now there's only a green line, and the likes are represented by just a uh, light gray, which Ooh. is again one of those things that where if you're if you're not paying attention, you may just you know miss it. But it is, I think, an important uh, little visual thing that they've changed because now out of the corner of your eye, if something has a large amount of dislikes. You can't, you know, kind of catch that with your eye through the red. Even for a Rebecca Black Friday, which has a very tiny little sliver of, <laughs> sliver of green, it looks pretty innocent uh, because the contrast isn't so uh, apparent there. So an interesting change, I think. Yeah, I think it's probably just because gray ink is, is cheaper than the <laughs> ink. Is that, wait, is that now how the internet works? I don't know. 
It might at Google. There there have been a many a story at Google. I think there was a, a blog post by a designer who worked at Google and, and left who was fed up with his job because Google uh, would, you know, debate little things like, uh, you know, where how many pixels wide something was based on, like, energy output and things like that. And uh, Google is, uh, oh, YouTube is owned by Google, so you never know. It is a little bit more of a, the YouTube redesign it does kind of nicely fit into the whole Google Google's new UI toolkit, uh, which, you know, before when it had the, the, the light gray, it really didn't. So I think, YouTube, you know, Google's given YouTube a big old uh, design hug. Hey, those are cute. Um, there's one more thing I think we should talk about before we kick it to the interview, and I think that is the Grammy Awards. That's right, the Grammy Awards. There are so many things going on that we forgot to mention those because, well, actually, well, those are coming up in February. There's going to be a lot happening in February, March of 2013. Mm. Uh, they're not so February, but even so, even so, I think it's important to note who was nominated, uh, particularly for the short-form music video category, because, um, as we all know, the long-form music video category is nonsense. So we might as well just... There's only uh, f- you know five nominations, so we might as well read them. Uh, we have Houdini by Foster the People, directed by Daniels, who are uh, previous podcast guests. No Church in the Wild, Jay-Z by Jay-Z and Kanye West, directed by Romaine Gavris. Bad Girls by M.I.A., also directed by Romaine Gavris, so two nominations there. Nice. We Found Love, Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris, directed by M- uh, Melina Matsukis, which was the uh, MTV Video Music Award uh, Video of the Year for 2012. And then we have Run, by, Run Boy Run by Wood Kid, directed by Yoan uh, Lemoyne, which, uh, who has directed a lot of some of my favorite videos from 2012, including hmm. uh, Blue Jeans by Lana Del Rey, Born to Die by Lana Del Rey. And Sounds one, like you like a lot of Lana Del Rey stuff. That's right. He's directed two of, two of those videos, which I consider her uh, her best, so hmm. I like that. And, um, and Run Boy Run is also a great video as well. Yeah, it is. And um, I think that you think that Roman would would be the fave because he's got two in there. But I think that the fact that Rihanna got the VMA might be tilting the scale in her favor. Um, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say the IMDb vote goes to Houdini. That's right. That's a, that's a fantastic video. Um, Definitely the best in our opinion from that list. But, you know, we don't get a vote. So that was just a fake one that we put out there. That's right. How do you get on the Grammy voting committee? Uh, Al Walzer is, is on the Grammy voting committee, um, <laughs> but we are not. There are, I think there's like 10,000 people that vote on this. But um, by the way, it's Romaine Gavris, not Roman Gavris. But, um, the, hold I, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Romaine Gavris. Hold for edit. I think that, um, you know, I, 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 like we said, we both really love Houdini by Foster, the people, but I have a feeling that MIA Bad Girls is going to win. I think it's uh, in other music, like the UK Music Video Awards won Video of the Year. It's picked up a lot of other awards for various, uh, not just directing categories, but technical categories, well-deserved. And I think that, uh, you know, I think it, it has enough of the mojo to edge out We Found Love. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I just think that the Grammy, it's a different beast. It's not the same. I mean, I, I think that those are a great five, and I think that those are, are I think that the it, it's come a long way even in a year. I mean, 
Um, you know, last year you had Weird Al nominated, which I love Weird Al more than anyone probably. And uh, that's still a little off that he was nominated. And I, I personally don't agree. The winner was, which was Adele Rolling in the Deep, is particularly that spectacular of a music video. I mean, it's it's a it's a good music video, but it's not. It, 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 I don't think it's at the level of any of the ones that are nominated this year, it, from from my opinion. I, I completely agree with that. I think that what we see when we see something like the Grammy Grammy nominations for you know best short form music video is that this was a really solidly fantastic year for music videos. I mean, there's you you look at this and you know we've been watching and taking a look at music videos all year, and we're gonna have our year end wrap up podcast coming later in, on in December, but it's uh, it's been a really incredible year, so it's really, you know, good I think for the industry to have you know, the music video community uh, as well to have five really really strong music videos up for the and nomination. It, and you're seeing that in other top ten lists that are out there, and we're not going to link to those because ours is the quintessential one, and none <laughs> of those other ones matter that exist in the world, but you are seeing in general, when you compare this this year's kind of crop of top tens list to the last year's crop of top tens list that this year it's about the video. I mean, last year it was all, you know, not, they weren't bad videos, but it was all your Adele's and Beyonce's and just big name artists for the most part that you saw in a lot of these lists that came from these major music websites. And this year it really does seem to be about the music video. Um, that's it, just what it seems, more so than, than it has. There seems to be a little bit of a shift where they're really paying attention to the video, regardless of who the video is coming from. There we go. Well, that is going to be coming up in February, and that'll be exciting. That Obviously, this is one, not one of the awards they announced during the actual show, um, so we will know. I can't remember if they do the other awards before or after the Grammys. I know at the Oscars, I think they do it before. But anyway, we'll, we'll find out in February. We'll obviously be covering that but we'll tell you guys about it (laughs) we'll tell you right you you know just give us a call we'll publish our phone numbers call us on our cell phones uh, and say 976 music video (laughs) but that is coming out in february but you know what is coming out right this very second next is our interview with mr rick cordero music video director director of um, like I mentioned at the top of this podcast, the symbol by Action Bronson, go to imvdb.com slash podcast. You'll find the episode and you'll find a link to the video. Check it out. It is an amazing video. Also, you'll find a link to uh, Rick Cordero's page on IMVDB and you'll see his director history and you'll see a lot of um, really amazing artists, really fantastic videos such as, you know, uh, The Roots, uh, um, Busta Rhymes, etc. Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse as well. That's right. And um, and we also get into uh, the YouTube channel, 321 Media. There's also a link to that as well. And you can add you know a few more to their 65 million video views. So without further ado, here's our interview with music video director Rick Cordero. And I am a independent filmmaker uh, based in New York City, and I specialize in um, music videos. And I've seen it. You describe yourself in a few places as a 
professional confidence dispenser, <laughs> and I'm really interested to know what uh, what that means. Is, does it have anything at all to do with your music video work? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, a professional confidence dispenser is, um, yeah, I guess it's just kind of my, you know, my fancy way of saying uh, director, which is... Um, with, you know, for me, my job is always to um, instill confidence in in the people that I work with, whether it's uh, the talent or the crew. Um, it's really my job to kind of, um, you know, surround, create the atmosphere where artists can create and where technicians can create and um, and make a you know engaging product. So that's just uh, that's sort of just like you know specifically. Uh, describing exactly what I do, <laughs> you know, and just kind of like, and I think it's kind of funny, you know, people, kind of, well, what is that? You know, what does it mean? So, you know, perhaps it, it makes people search more about me or whatever, but. We know. feel like we have more confidence. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think that, okay. do you think do you think that applies to your, to your role both, at, you know, as a director and your role kind of, at, you know, in a more management sense at, at 321 Media? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, sort of, um, you know, as a director, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, I work for my own company, but I also work for other companies or I'm freelance or whatever. Um, but for my, for 321, we have other directors, um, you know, other aspiring directors and producers. And so, you know, these guys are, um, they're really good and, you know, and a lot younger than me. And I guess I've just kind of, help them to, um, you know, just discover what they're passionate about and, and, you know, help them find their own way. Um, that's pretty much what I do. And so far it's been working, uh, I think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have a lot of good people and a lot of creative energy, um, when everyone's in the same room. So, and you guys work in a lot of different, you know, visual formats, I guess you'd call them, you know, short films. Uh, mm-hmm. feature length and where did music videos come into that equation was was that some one of the first things you guys started working on or you started working on or did they kind of fit in later um yeah well for me uh my first project was actually uh like an indie feature film in like 2005 and uh <clears throat> i didn't really have any um film co- film school experience um a lot of it i just kind of uh, got from friends and coworkers. I actually went to school for graphic design, so um, it was just something that I was really interested in. And after I did that feature, which was really, really uh, very educational for me, um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and whatever. Um, but I still wanted to keep going, you know. And and I found it was just like the feature just left me really exhausted and kind of depressed. But I, I still wanted to, um, you know, to capture that that feeling you know when you're when you're on set so i i kind of gravitated to music videos it was sort of uh you know it's like a temporary fix for me and um and i was shooting a lot of a lot of actually like indie bands and a lot of rock stuff um that was happening in, in the city at that time around 2006 and um so i was doing a lot of that and i really didn't have a platform for it because well, YouTube had just come up, and um, and when you know I started to 
to upload onto YouTube, it just became like um, even more addicting. Like it was just like I just want to keep keep filling this this YouTube uh, site with my work, and um, and that's that's kind of how I I just started shooting a lot, a lot of music videos. And you guys are up to on that channel like over sixty two million million views, I think, as of now. Um, hold on, let me check that. That's uh, <laughs> sixty four million. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, we it's about a million every three or four weeks. And do you guys keep track of what the? Would you say music videos are among the most? Because I know on YouTube in general, I mean, the big news this week was. Gangnam Style surpassing Justin Bieber's baby and like the biggest YouTube video of all time. Are, are the biggest videos on you know your channel the the music videos? Yes, yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's just that's uh, just that's sort of the nature of YouTube. You know, it's very uh, celebrity and artist um, oriented. So um, so yeah, so a lot of our big videos are music videos. And and I, I think we just try to supplement it with, you know, the documentary stuff, the interview stuff, the short film stuff. Um, you know, we do the short films because we love making them, you know, and not necessarily uh, to get, you know, millions of views off of them. Um, but I think, uh, you know, whenever you do a short film or narrative, it's just, it, it kind of, uh, it, you know, it's your own project as a director. It's like your voice, you know, and it's everything you want to do as a filmmaker, everything you want to say, as opposed to, um, you know, having it be uh, uh, a collaboration with an artist where you're kind of trying to, you know, be, uh, be the sounding board, you know, so to speak for, for, you know, their vision. So that's, uh, you know, so we try to balance it out, but music videos are definitely the, the main, the main thing that we, that we do. And you, you mentioned that you get about a million views every three weeks, um, which seems to be a, a pretty consistent kind of number. Do you find that you, um, with 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 numbers so consistent, have like a more of a built-in audience specifically for three twenty one media versus you know people watching music videos just because they're a fan of the artist? Um, we're starting to build out you know the brand on YouTube a little bit more. So I think uh, I think for a while it, it was a little bit confusing for the for the audience, and you know that's why our subscribers. Uh, number is kind of low. It's really kind of disproportionate from our channel views. Um, but over the you know over the last few weeks, I've actually been um, talking with uh, some of the strategy guys at YouTube, and they really helped me, uh, you know, to make the the channel a little bit better. You know, like having annotations that lead to the music playlists. You know, because a lot of the a lot of the people that are viewing these videos are watching it. You know, yes, yeah, you know, specifically searching for the artist or if it's on a watch page. But after that, there's no, I didn't really have a call to action, like, you know, uh, click here for more 321 music videos. So now that I've been doing that, we've, we've, we've been seeing uh, sort of an increase in the subscribers and video views. But, um, and I think that's what's going to help, you know, a lot of, you know, connect the dots with, you know, say people who are, want to see my Nas video and then, you know, and then they stumble upon like a waka flocka or something, you know, like it kind of just connects the dots. And hopefully people understand that, um, you know, we're the guys that did it and we did it, you know, for the quality and, you know, and we really were passionate about it. And, and, you know, so that's, that's my hope. And it, I think it's been working. 
you mentioned YouTube helped you out with um, getting some annotations and stuff. Were, did you have to reach out to them, or did they? Was that through the partnership that you guys have with them that they provide that information to you? How did yeah. that work out? Yeah, we we got the partnership pretty early on, when like around two thousand seven, and um, I think I had done uh, this trailer for for Jay Z Blue Magic trailer, and it got like a ton of views, and then somebody you know on the partnership side reached out to me and we got the partnership and then it was like another year or so where it actually got activated and then another year where you know you, you were able to monetize and kind of you know the ads started getting better um so then uh they reached out to me um because i guess they've just been you know they've been looking at different channels and i guess it was recommended to someone i don't know how they found it but um but it's like after you get past a certain amount of views they kind of like want to help you and you know and they want to tell you you know they it's just really good advice you know it's not like you'll make a ton of money doing this even though you know you, there's potential but it's really about you know building your channel you know what i mean it's really about like connecting with your audience you know uh commenting you know what i mean responding to people who are who have good comments and um and they, you know, with their new dashboard and you know uh, the new branding stuff that they have, you can like put your logo on the upper right side, you know, transparent. Um, I think they've really been helping out, you know, uh, a lot of channels like myself, where you know it's just guys who really love doing this, you know, and it's not so much like we're trying to make stuff that's on TV, you know, we're just trying to engage an audience and we're doing it because we love the artists and whatnot. So. Um, and, you know, in the news recently, actually, I think, you know, remember all that money that YouTube um, gave to all those channels? They, they spent like 40 million bucks or something like that, like last year, mm -hmm. all that money. And they're not renewing some of those channels. Like, I think like 40% of like the financing, they're not renewing because those channels weren't performing. And I think, I think the disconnect was that those channels were trying to be like television, you know, and, and it's really not what it's about right now and um it's about engaging and mobilizing your audience and the more you try to make it real fancy and you know and like trying to make it all glossy and you're and then you spend all the money and it's like what happened you know well you didn't connect the dots you know Why are these people on your channel do they know who you are well you know what you're about and so um so i learned a lot from from youtube you know we're still i talk to these guys weekly and they're they're really, you know, they're just, it's really the future right now. So I'm, I'm just embracing it. And I'm, I'm lucky and grateful that I, I hopped on board really early on. And I'm wondering what the, I guess, the economics of a YouTube channel is. Because you mentioned, you know, other channels may be, you know, kind of jumping the gun by pouring too much money into, into production, if I'm understanding you right. And then mm -hmm. making it look too, you know, too much like TV. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, you, you have like a, a, a feature film, Starla, mm -hmm. on there, you know, 90 minutes. And you can, I, I love that you can download the soundtrack for free in a zip off a of Dropbox. Yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering, when you're working with something, that, you know, as long as uh, as a feature film, what what is the, I, the, how does that fit into the economics of, you know, running a channel? Is it is it more for name recognition plus the, you know, um, you know the revenue it generates, or is it, or is it more just for the revenue? Um, it's uh, it's 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't the revenue. You know, it it has it's nowhere near. It has like hardly any views. You mm -hmm. know, but um, for me, it was it was uh, you know it was a year of trying to submit it to festivals. You know, um, and we we did a couple of screenings in New York, and the the uh, the feedback was really phenomenal. I was really happy with it. You know, we we didn't spend a lot of money, but everyone put their heart and soul into it. It came out really cool. I enjoyed it, you know, um, but I think just the festival route, like anything, you know, like just how the economy is with um, with video content, it just wasn't there. There were no stars, you know what I mean? There was nothing that this movie would do for a festival. Um, so with that said, you know, I was like, what am I going to do with this? Just hold on to it for another year, you know, like, is that right? Let me let me just put it online. Let me put my movie online. You know, um, people can share it. Maybe someday people will, somebody will find it. Every now and then someone stumbles across it and, and likes it. But, um, yeah, it was totally not, not for the revenue for sure. And I spent a lot of money on my own money making it. But it was just like, like I said, one of these things where you just, you know, if you're a director and you really, you know, are addicted to directing, you do it because you just, this is what you do and you can't do anything else you know, you make a feature, <laughs> you know what I mean? Put your own money up, you put your mouth, you know, you put your money where your mouth is. And like, and that's what I did. And, you know, it, it kind of like, you know, financially, probably not the smartest thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, I had to do it. And I think it, I think it really reflects on the, the music videos, you know, um, the commercial work and the stuff that I get paid to do. Like, I think it reflects something positive on it, because it's like, you know, it's like going. It's like traveling to the Mecca. You know, you put yourself through this, this you know, this um, this really difficult journey. You know, and you, you know, you sacrifice your body and like, and then if you can survive it, you know, it, everything else, you know, is like a walk to around the corner. You know, and uh, yeah, one day music video shoot doesn't seem so bad. Or... <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you put it in perspective. For me. Um, really you know doing everything beforehand to make sure that it's a good experience you know because it's so easy to to for a music video especially to be a really tense and uncomfortable environment but um i've sort of uh i think i have i've sort of you know kind of like gotten really good at you know doing everything for it to be a comfortable experience and then that just naturally makes the video good you know when when everything is cool so and could you share some of those secrets of making it uh, a comfortable experience? Because we've heard many, many a tale of <laughs> uncomfortable music music video set. Is there anything in particular that you think really wor works? Um, yeah, I. Uh, well, first of all, I always I tend to use the same people. Uh, you know, like <laughs> the same cinematographer, the same AD, the same, you know, just the guys who I know, you know, who I've I've. Um, who are battle tested, you know, <laughs> like nothing like phases them. And, um, and, you know, you, you kind of have to balance that out with, um, with what you think the, the, the worst case scenarios with that the artist can do. Cause that's really like on my end, I kind of know what I'm going to get, you know, like I, I do a lot of the pre pro work on my own. So a lot of my shot lists and everything is super organized, you know, that I really, you know, and I use the same people. So it's like, I know on my end, it's going to be good. Um, 
artists that I worked with before. I understand their their temperaments, what they like, what they don't like, how to keep them moving, how to keep them motivated. And, you know, it's a mental checklist that I go through that, okay, I remember this guy does that, you know, like let's, or he likes something a certain way or, you know, mm -hmm. he, and, you know, it's a lot of psychological, like trickery almost. <laughs> and, uh, you mind know, games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mind games, right. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, then you get like some artists that, um, you know, that you can you can direct like one on one in a really you know in a small capacity, um, and then maybe if you put them in a bigger set, maybe there's more money and and you know and you have to put a crew around them, that maybe it's a little bit weird because on one hand you have your crew who's treating it like you know like like a job you know like and this is how we do it and this is how a client should act and this is how you know. And then the artist is more like, well, I'm spending the money. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> like, and, and so, you know, I'm stuck in the middle there. So I have to kind of like, you know, um, it, it's a lot about compromising, you know, um, with each side. And, and in the middle of all that compromising, I'm sort of um, pulling my vision together. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, so I have a vision. I have, you know, I have it on the treatment, and I know what it's going to be. But it's going to change if those things happen. If there's, you know, this weird tension. So I have to kind of make it good and and make everyone happy and and you know, it's keeping everyone busy. That's how, that's really the, that's really my <laughs> my best advice. Is just like if someone is just sitting around, or if there's ever any time, <laughs> food is late. If you know, if there's if something breaks, you know, and like we have to get a new piece of equipment, like that's the only time where it's like, oh shit, you know, like what do I do? But um, yeah, as long as everyone's busy, like it's, and you know what you're doing, or if you don't know what you're doing, you kind of make people believe that you know what you're doing, then <laughs> that's, that's you're, the confidence <laughs> dispensing right there. Yeah, it's confidence dispensing, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, sh shifting gears uh, a bit to um, some of the specific music video work you've done, uh, one of our favorite videos of the year um, is uh, Action Bronson, The Symbol. We just really, it's uh, it's awesome and, and hilarious. We really love uh, kind of how that video came together. And, and I'm curious what um, what was was behind kind of pairing uh, black exploitation parody, um, you know, with Action Bronson. Um, it was something he, uh, you know, we worked together before on a couple of videos. Um, so we had a really, we have a good like relationship where we just kind of bounce ideas off each other. Um, and he, he kind of called me out of the blue and he was just like, I have this song with Alchemist. I'm going to send it to you. I said, all right, cool. I'll write something to it. It was like, oh, and I want it to be like a black exploitation trailer. And I said, okay, you know, Alchemist exploitation all right this this makes total sense right now so he uh, he sent me that and then he sent me the the artwork um which i don't know if you've seen the artwork for the single but it's like it's like he's wearing like this wolf's head <laughs> it's like and there's all this crazy stuff it looks like a like a poster like a, is this the same cover as like the rare chandeliers um it, it's um yeah it's something like that but yeah it's it's in the same vein as, as that. Nice. You know? So, uh, so I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be easy. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, with, with action, um, he's very, you know, 
he's very detail oriented. You know, he he won't give much direction on what he wants, but he loves he loves it to be really fleshed out and like really like you know multiple pages of like you know details and descriptions and and I was really excited about it. So you know, I wrote this uh, must have been like seven pages. I don't know. It was a lot of pages, but it was a lot of like um, it was it was uh, it was almost like a like a short film script. You know, like I wrote it like with different with like uh, act one, act two, act three, um, only because I wanted it to feel like, um, like an actual storyline that we were shooting and not just, uh, you know, like a fan trailer. Like have you ever seen one of those like, you know, Superman or Batman fan trailers where it's, it's cool scenes, but like they don't really make any sense. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> I, I guess the symbol is kind of like that too, but there's actually a storyline behind it. <laughs> and, um, I guess it was just for me and maybe for the actors to to, to know that we were, you know, part of potentially going to do something a lot bigger than just a bunch of vignettes. So, um, so that's how that happened. Where's that, is it? Is that potential still there? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we're trying to um, find funding. Uh, we we wrote sort of a, a longer script, um, and I think uh, we have like riffraff is is written in there. Um, it's really it's the the violence is a little more extreme, and um, <laughs> so we're gonna need some money uh, for some of the stunts that we do. <laughs> like, but uh, we have we have like uh, we have like twenty to thirty dollars to give you. It's not much, but we want to see Riff Raff and Action Bronson in a black exploitation film. So um, yeah, we got like twenty to thirty bucks for that. So I'll tell you what, if it comes to like us having to do a Kickstarter, then you know I'll send you guys a link and you know. <laughs> We're in. I just had a garage sale, so we, we got would, plenty. Of, we got plenty of ones. We would right. definitely promote that, uh, and I hope you guys save the wig, though. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I saw in the behind the scenes, it's kind of a. Um, were you involved in that decision for the the wig at all? Because it's 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 one of my favorite elements of that of that video. Yeah. Well, here's this, here's what happened with the wig. I bought I bought a really I bought a really expensive. Uh, red, <laughs> red-haired wig. You see it behind the scenes. That thing was like like seventy dollars at the at the Halloween store in in New York City, and um, you know, non-refundable because <laughs> so you can't refund it. <laughs> and I uh, I was like, oh, this is this is the perfect perfect wig. Like it's almost like human hair. Like he's gonna love this. And then you know, as you saw. You know, he was like, I want the other wig. And the other wig, the blonde wig, was actually the wig that one of the actresses brought. The actress, um, Silvana, who played the hooker. She brought that, you know, just like as part of her personal wardrobe. And he was like, I want that one. You know, and it was like, uh, it's a nice wig, but it wasn't as expensive as my wig. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was like, you know, damn, that sucks. You know, like in my head, I'm like... Well, that really sucks, but you know, whatever. Let's let's try it. And then he, if this is gonna make this guy happy for the rest of the day, then whatever. You know, that's how, yeah, it's a blonde wig. You know, but it's you know, I try to provide options. You know, like I try to provide a lot of options for him because he's not he's not gonna come to a fitting. You know, he's not gonna, <laughs> you know I mean, like, can you approve this, please? Like, he's not. He's too busy. You know, he's. 
Yeah, getting into a fight over a wig at the at the beginning of a day is probably not it's probably not on the list of things to keep things not tense on a set. There were <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that happened that day, but yeah, the wig was not a big deal. Um, the other video that uh, we wanted to ask about is, and I don't even know, this is part of Nas master plan is to make people on podcasts like us um, say um, say words so there'd be a nigger two video. <laughs> right. um, and um, actually, Doug, you had a question. That was your question, right? I, I guess I was just kind of curious with that song um, and that video when um, when working with Nas, what his kind of direction for that video was. He, he, you know, he obviously had a um, you know, a large purpose around that song and that album at that time. What kind of direction was um, did he give you uh, for that video? Um, he didn't. He didn't give me any direction. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I I heard the song and I I envisioned like Spike Lee's twenty fifth hour uh, montage with um, with Ed Norton, and he's just like you know, just like insulting everybody in new york and you know and it's like it's this real faces and you know just how spike lee does it and um and i was really inspired by that so i remember the first time we met you know i kind of had just this rough sketch of the shot list and things that you know i imagined we'd be seeing and um and he was with it and then uh you know i shot a lot of that stuff in new york and he was in la so i just i shot a lot of the narrative stuff before we actually shot his scenes <clears throat> and then um when we shot his scene his performance scene um i, I don't think i still don't didn't think he understood what i shot yet <laughs> so I, I you know i like i just I, you know what i mean like he wasn't on set for what i was shooting beforehand so i was just like does he really know like what i'm doing right now like with like how how i want to push this video and and so then after we shot it, it was really cool, you know, and he was happy. I, I popped my laptop open and I showed him some of the footage and he was, you know, his jaw dropped and he was like, whoa, like, you know, you did all this? Like, when did you do this? Like, did they, did they pay you? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, they didn't pay me yet. And he was like, so you just went out and, sh and shot all this stuff just on your own? I said, well, not on my own. I had, you know, my crew with me, but yeah, we just, we shot this stuff, you know? It's you, you know. It's like, oh, thanks, man. You know, that's I appreciate that. And like, and so, um, so after the video was done, we uh, they did a screening in New York City. Like Def Jam did this whole screening because I don't think this I don't think the song was actually on the album. I think they just like they they were trying to put it, but I think they cut it out. So it was just something like to promote the album. You know, it wasn't like. The, this is the this is the single on the radio or anything but they did this really nice screening at um at the uh i think the solo house or tribeca grand so it was at tribeca grand it was really like fancy screening spot and um they had all these bloggers and stuff and uh and you know and we talked about it and you know and Nas said a lot of kind words and um you know i i essentially told everyone that uh you know the the genius of not of this song and this video is that essentially uh nas offends no one by offending everyone and that's pretty much how you know what he what he's so great at what not a lot of people can can do and um 
and that's what I really loved about working with him, you know, and uh, yeah, I was a big fan from him before, but after that, it was just like, dude, like, you totally know how to, you know, how to, like, get people talking and, you know, and incite them to discussion, while at the same time, being a really, you know, intelligent and good, good person, and um, so, yeah, that was, that was a cool video, that was, that was fun. And where did the, like, those vignettes come from? Because some of them, you know, must have taken a lot of prep, like the historical, you know, <laughs> scenes and, and things like that. Where did, how, how did you kind of filter the final list into this is what you're going to shoot? Um, well, what's funny is we shot a lot of this stuff very close to where my office was at the time. It's super busy, like, you know, park in Midtown. But, um, but there's this little area with, like, dirt on the ground and like so that's where i did the some of the um like the islam stuff like the islam like doing the prayer like i did that in the middle of the city you know and like <laughs> it was like what the fuck is that like you know then uh, i did that the uh like the, the slave and the hanging scenes i did that in an astoria park in queens and again people were like what the what the fuck is this like you know <laughs> what's going on and it was like it was a really small shoot like it wasn't like they gave us a big budget like all the budget went to shooting Nas in LA you know like it was just you know we had to have if we had to have the right stuff but everything in New York we kind of it was just running gun and so you know when you say Nas people people will want to be involved and so a lot of people just you know did some favors and but yeah we we didn't really have to go far actually another thing i wanted to ask you about which is kind of um at the other end of the spectrum um when it comes to kind of content and videos is uh the thanksgiving day reply that you did with d pride um and i'm kind of curious just kind of what the uh you know the like like where the idea for that com- came from was that something that like youtube kind of recommended that you guys did that like a like a reply style video or is that something that you guys came up with it was definitely something. It was. Um, it wasn't specifically that video, but uh, my contact at YouTube did, you know, mention different kind of, uh, just different kind of content, different shows, you know, to do to keep active. And one of the things he mentioned was doing a trending video, which is, you know, talk about a trending video and and just comment on it. And I thought, well, me doing that by myself is kind of boring. And um, and I guess, you know, I just don't want to do any video like, you know, Gangnam's, you know, Gangnam is just like too big already, you know, like, so I was just like trying to think of what video to do. And, and, um, I remember playing the Thanksgiving video, um, in our office and we share the office with D pride. So, you know, he was just like, what is that? And I said, Oh, you never seen this before. And we watched it and I thought it'd be kind of a cool video to do and give, um, some commentary on. And, um, and it was just like, you know, we, we spent one day and we just like made made sort of a list of what to talk about, you know, the song, the concept, the vi- the video quality, um, you know, just and the bottom line, you know, what we felt about it. So we, we had a we had a plan going into it and um, and we, you know, we just shot it and and actually the directors of of that video, um, Ian Hodgkins and, and Chris Lowe, they reached out to me and they were super cool. They were like, you know, thanks for, 
you know, thanks for commenting on the video. I think you totally got what we were doing. You know, we shot, we shot this video, you know, just me and Chris and, and we, you know, we, we, we have our own equipment and, you know, and we shoot in real locations because a lot of times these budgets are very, very small and, you know, and, and we had a nice, uh, back and forth over email, you know, I think he, you know, it was important for me, you know, with the video, not to knock it, but to actually say what we liked about it. And I think that's really what, you know, the show that me and Deep Ride are trying to do. We're trying to single out these videos, but really, you know, keep it positive, keep it like, you know, it was the spirit of independent filmmaking, you know, spirit of doing, you know, taking whatever you got and making something that people can watch, you know, and not hit the close button, you know, and like <laughs> give props to anybody who could pull that off. And those guys, you know, are killing it right now, killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. And they're so humble and super nice. And next time I'm in LA, I'm supposed to link up with them. But yeah, shout out to, to Ian and Chris. And the universe thank we, and we thank you especially for doing that video instead of Gangnam Style. Um, because every day it's like there's there's like a torrent of Gangnam Style related news. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, and like, <laughs> you know, it was it's also important for me to to keep it in the perspective of like DIY filmmaker. You know, mm. Like, the, you know, this is this is what we're singling out. D Pride, you know, not a lot of people know. Like he's he's actually a really intelligent filmmaker. He really makes you know his videos how in a way that's that strides the line between you know super amateur and and super professional you know like he can he can do all that he chooses to 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 create videos that are very much connected to his audience that his audience can watch and be like wow you know this is how i would shoot it you know it's, that's a brilliant thing and i that's why i love youtube i'm just totally like you know you find these things and you can just like speak about them and and you know and get an audience so it's you know it's i'm i'm disappointed that the news media is not or did not cover the music video or the YouTube Vivo music video cliff as much as the current fine, you know, physical cliff by the actual. Yeah. Because you know, in our, in our world, the real physical cliff phys, the real physical cliff is, uh, it's, <laughs> I live in the hilly to, area, but no cliffs to, to you Vivo, um, to YouTube Vivo. Um, yeah, man, it's, can, can you it's, imagine a world without, music videos on on YouTube. Well, it's like I said before, that's not going to be the case. I mean, you won't you won't have it from an official source, but you know, like 305media.com is going to be all over and that's a place I made up if you didn't catch that. It's going to be all over just ripping the embeds from somewhere and posting them on YouTube and getting that sweet sweet YouTube ad money for the 3 days that they allow that video <laughs> to stay up there until they pull it down. Um so and then they just keep doing that over and over again. I know the game. I know the game. Now, if they would, if they if they move, let's say there was a catastrophe. If if there was a uh, diplomatic meltdown in the negotiations here, 
you know, they, they, they've mentioned other possible people. They were kind of, you know, strutting around saying, oh, we got, we'll go wherever, you know, we got all sorts of people we can talk to to, to I, take this music video content elsewhere. And I, I don't know. The only one I can see really is, is, is um, uh, Yahoo Video. I think they could go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook's in the in the situ in the um, in the in the acquiring people see, business. No, I see. Now, now Facebook to me is now YouTube is like a site of record, uh, and it, and what I mean by that, it is not like a site that it, you know changes too much with the passing of time. Right? There's always new videos and things like that, and the homepage always changes. But you know, you have a it's URL based, right? When you share a video and you kind of pass it around, you're sharing an actual URL. There's really, except from pa- except for pages and profiles, there's not a lot of that going on with Facebook. It's a very about, kind of transient kind of. What form. about? But another point to be made is that the artists and the labels have a, a presence on Facebook already, so it wouldn't be quite a. a major shift i mean they don't have a there's no rihanna page on on yahoo video right now but she's got a fan page and that fan page got a huge audience already so that's 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 got it that's something that is in facebook's favor this and they've got a built-in audience in general even if it's not dedicated just to rihanna they that's a, a huge bargaining chip that you know yahoo media is not you know or Yahoo videos can't can't doesn't have no the, now the, the the other question of infra- just basic infrastructure because you know Gangnam Style is close to a billion views on YouTube and that is a lot of bandwidth yeah and that you know seventeen of the top twenty music uh, videos on YouTube of all time are uh, music videos so whoever takes this on has got to be able to live up to the task I know Facebook is obviously. Uh, is very successful in you know serving up images and, and you know getting really fast page load speeds and you know they know what they're doing in in that form. But YouTube just does that. They just do video. They have yeah. spent you know um, you know the better part of a decade figuring out how to do that and how to do it well. And you know for Facebook it is. Comp, you know, it's not a core competency. I, I don't think, and I, I might be just speaking out of my ass, but you know, there's not a lot of. Every time I watch a video on Facebook, like almost literally every time, it's a, it's a YouTube embed or a Vimeo embed. Yeah, or it looks like shit. <laughs> so <laughs> there's the third option. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. I, 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 I mean, it's not going to happen because it, another point is, it, and they're not going to take everyone. Is kind of the point we're making. I'm, I'm, I keep making. They're not going to take everybody. It, it, They'd be leaving viewers on the table as well, no matter where they went. I think. Well, so I know what we're not going to leave on the table is picks of the week. <laughs> or are we going to leave that on the table? <sighs> we won't leave. We are going to leave that on the table. No, we shouldn't. Uh, what do you got for this week? Oh, for this week, I have a music video that I've watched a few times because it's just a interesting for several reasons music video, and that is Skylar Gray. Come on, let me ride, featuring Doug, your favorite artist of all time, your Paul McCartney, Eminem. Um, now I this, mean, that's, that's not true, but if it's, also, it's also not not true. That's a weird <laughs> thing for you to have said. Like, it's not like I love him. Whatever, keep going. Well, Skylar Gray, if you, you don't know who she is, you're probably in the uh, majority. She used to be known as Holly Brooke, and you know, 
released some things, but uh, she is has you know made a name for herself mostly for co-writing uh, "Love the Way You Lie" by Eminem and Rihanna, which was a, a fairly large hit, I might say. She's also sung a whole bunch of hooks on a whole bunch of rap songs. I think she's pretty well known. She, I mean, I didn't know who she was. I mean, if you if you know That's who not... background singers are in rap songs, then you, you know who she is. But anyway, but it's not like a. If she's like it's like featuring. She's had an album. I right, keep going again. All right, okay. So you, not like this person came out of nowhere, but you may not know who she is. And uh, th- anyway, this music video features. It's called you know Come on, Ride, Let Me Ride, and for some reason the title doesn't have bicycle, but it's like the the main thing they're talking about in the entire video. And uh, you know they're in sort of like a trailer park. Uh, rural area, and there's a little bit of a narrative with this, you know, uh, Skylar Gray having a little bit of a rivalry with these three uh, young ladies who are in bikinis, and uh, I'm not really sure what's going on, but she performs questionable plastic surgery on these. Anyway, hold on, hold on one second. I'm, I her, can't, her, I'm not going to describe this video. Wait, but her boyfriend is looking at magazines with that man them. And that's why she doesn't like them. Now, this video is directed by Isaac Rentz, who you may, if, if you're a long, long time uh, listener of this podcast, he uh, was a guest on our podcast in the previous episode, and he does a really fantastic job. And um, one of my favorite things about this video is they do a really good job of incorporating Eminem. Eminem, it wasn't just like called to like come and rap on this, you know. Sh- she has a relationship with him, and uh, you know he's kind of a little bit of a collaborator in this. So you know, she, you know she even describes this video as a collaboration between her, Isaac Rentz, and Eminem. They're all kind of involved in this, and um, Eminem, you know, usually sometimes with, when there's a featured artist, they'll just like film them at another time. But he's there. He's kind of taking part in the video. And there's this great scene where he is on a bicycle, trying to pull this platform of like two overweight ladies in a uh, like a kiddie pool with foam and things like that and it's just a you know Eminem I think as far as rappers go does kind of self-deprecating humor the best and I always like when he does it in music videos because he has a tendency to do those things like you know the not afraid video that are just so grandiose like flying around that uh it's good to see him back in that form in the music video world. And also, Skylar Gray is really, really good in the video. She kind of matches him for his on-screen uh, persona. So, really great, interesting video, and uh, directed by Isaac Rentz. And there will be an upcoming video chats about this as well. There will be indeed. And if you want to know a little bit more about Isaac's work in general, there's a video chats that came out about a video that he directed today for Tegan and Sarah. So go check that out, too, if you're you enjoy the work of one Isaac Rentz. That is Closer by Tegan and Sarah, one of my previous picks. And, um, yeah, no, Isaac's great. Yeah, as is that is as is the Come On, Let Me Ride music video, shot in a trailer park in Detroit. So very authentic as well. And are there any you – just, you just did this interview before we got on the call. So any interesting things about this video you can share with us now? There are a lot of interesting things about this video, but I don't want to – I don't – there are a whole bunch of interesting things about this video. I don't want to give too much of it away, but I will tease it. It's, it's, a good, it's a really interesting interview to read, though, so check that out for sure when it drops. And so, um, Doug, what are, you, what are you... Oh, right. That's right. It's my turn to do the long, the, the long talking. Um, it wasn't my that mo- long? Was it mine that long? 
No, I'm just saying that like the we long each, talk. <laughs> we each have a we each have a two minute <laughs> we each have a two minute monologue at <laughs> at the end of every episode, which is great. Um, my my two minute monologue is by a man named John Travolta and a lady named Olivia Newton-John. Mm. The song is called I Think You Might Like It. Um, mm. You may know John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John when they were in the in the peak of, peaks of their careers in the film Grease. Um, whatever the opposite of the peak of your career is the, <laughs> the point in which John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John are in right now. I wouldn't say Twilight because that implies good and this video is not that. Um, I believe it's for charity, so it's it's tough to dump on it too much, but we're gonna anyway. And um, because because I, I honestly don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Adam uh, talked about my blog post series, so I'm gonna talk about his. He included this um, in his one of his weekly wrap-ups from two weeks ago. Um, and I'm gonna kind of echo his sentiments or the sentiments of the YouTube comment that Adam quoted, that I really, I, this is kind of like the mind-blowingly bad video. Um, they both seem very old. There's like a minute-long portion of the video where all they're doing is running towards each other. <laughs> in, and it's in like not even an attractive area. They're, they're in some kind of breezeway at like an elementary school or something <laughs> stupid. And uh, and then the best part is, is uh, John Travolta has uh, some kind of, on the way to the set, a sharpie exploded near John Travolta's chin and covered it. And he just said, "You know what? This looks kind of like a goatee, so I'm gonna roll with this." And because whatever that is, it covers just about just an inch and a half of his chin is all that's covered. It looks like it should be a mustache, but it's on his chin, and it's uh, it's awful. And uh, um, so for those reasons, check it out. And if this is associated to a charity, go ahead and donate to that charity. Um, but Oh, what's going on here? Who knows? But it's my pick of the week, Doug Klinger, pick of the week. Olivia Newton, John, John Travolta. I think you might like it. And we should read the YouTube comment here. It's by user Crack Sang. Uh, you can see why YouTube wants to use that. No, that's that guy's real name. <laughs> the quote is, holy fucking shit, I am literally speechless. Is this for fucking real? My mind cannot comprehend this like at all. Fuck. And that I think is that's a that's a really it encompasses just what I felt about the video in general. So there we go. Yeah, mine too. And um, so yeah, this is a great episode. I'm really proud of us for this episode. Oh my god, we're so so good. I thought so. I thought I thought you had some great questions. Um, your pick of the week was great. I love that video. Um, your intro was good. Uh, yeah, just the you, you know the way you you kicked it to the interview, your transitions, all of it was really strong. And your uh, your mic was so it was really clear, and I couldn't <laughs> hear any background noise. No fuzz, no muzz. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, that was good. Go ahead and post this. That was up. better than the first one.